This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Want to know what's going on in your neck of the woods and learn the history and the people behind the events that you love across the state? Get to know the real Mississippi. Check out MPB Think Radio's Next Stop Mississippi podcast on all platforms or on the MPB public media app. Welcome to AutoCorrect, helping you correct your auto problems. Our host is Coach Charlie Melton, ASC Certified Master Technician. I'm Jermaine Flood. What's up, Coach? Well, you know, it's glad to be here, but, you know, I was just looking at that weather. We went from cold weather to spring weather, and now I think we're in summer weather. Yeah, we're getting back to summer. That's right. It, it, it could go back again. Oh, yes. It's going to go back. It's supposed to be cold again next week and day or so. Puxatani Phil didn't know what he was talking about. Well, you know... <laughs> I was walking this morning, and, you know, they said if you saw a shadow. Well, I was walking this morning, and the lights were just shining a certain way. I saw three shadows at one time on me. That's what Mississippi will do. That's right. That's our weather. (laughs) That's our Uh, weather. That's our weather. Hey, new news story today. You don't happen to have AT&T cell service, do you? I do. You still got cell service? Did yeah, you make a call today? I did. I think what's happening there is that uh, there's 3G, 4G, and 5G. Uh-huh. Mine's 4G. So it's not the 4G towers? I don't think so. Abram, you've got some insight into this, Mr. I Everyday don't. Tech? I don't, but <laughs> my phone don't work. So. And you've got AT&T. I do. But so, his wife's phone works. Oh. My wife's phone works, but she also goes through FirstNet through AT&T, which is a different thing. So it... Okay. We don't really know. Okay. Nobody knows yet. Well, y'all just, you know, send a carrier pigeon. We just yeah, got to go yeah. old school. Telegram. I'm sure we'll talk about it on Everyday Tech. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm so happy that the phone's not ringing, maybe. <laughs> no, actually it is. And whoever just called and who is on our line right now, Walker, Walker does not have AT&T. He couldn't have. He could not have. That's right. <laughs> Walker, we're going to get to you right quick. But today we're talking about dashboard warning lights. Our email address for questions is auto at MPB on Line.org. Okay, here's my definition before we get to Walker. Vehicle warning indicators, better known as dashboard warning lights, can be a vehicle owner's worst nightmare, like mine was this morning. I'm always wondering why my lights want to pop on all the time. From the dreaded check engine light to the low pressure indicator, these symbols let you know that something is amiss or awry with your vehicle. Well, there's so many times that we see those warning lights and we just... Look the other way. We act like they're not even there. Just like you said, it means something is wrong. It does mean something is wrong. So we're going to get into all of that. Like my traction control popped up. Okay. Today, the ground was not wet. (laughs) I did not slide. I just made a quick right lane change. And it was like traction control on. Now you got to understand what that traction control sensor does what it's doing when you make a turn one wheel of the back turns faster than the other wheel okay okay and really what that traction control does is looking for that wheel spinning faster than the other wheel okay now it shouldn't do it on a uh, curve but you never know Okay. All right. It, it wanted to do it this morning. I'm like, all right, let's 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 go. We're talking about warning lights anyway on the show today. Come on, warning light. That's Come right. on on. She <laughs> said, hooray, a warning light came on my car. Right. I have something to talk about. I have something to say today. Well, you know, I had one. Uh, we always talk about the tire pressure monitoring system. Okay. That's what the 
the little light, the yellow light that comes on and that you're, uh, looks like a flat tire. Okay. Yes. Okay, it tells you if you got too much air or not enough air. That one stays on okay. on my car. Now, <laughs> let me tell you the reason why it may stay on too, because this just happened to my truck the other day. I was driving along and the uh, tire pressure monitor light started flashing on me. And then a message came into the uh, message center mm. and said that the TPS sensor is bad. Okay. Okay. So one of the sensors went bad that tells you how much air you have in that tire. Okay. So now instead of me going and putting air in the tire, I got to break the tire down and put a new sensor in them. So it could be you you don't have a problem. You may just have a sensor problem. Right. Okay. The tire's not low. Tire's not overinflated. No, nothing's but the wrong. Sensor cannot read. And so now a warning light comes on the dash, flashes every time I crank the car up, just happened this week, and says, hey, you need to check the sensor. Well, I know what to say when I walk up to Mazda with my light on. <laughs> you're the best, coach. Well, you need to make sure that it has air in it. Yeah, you're talking about like my tires. Make sure the tires are, you can go to Kroger anywhere, get some air. It has a sensor on the machine that will tell you exactly how much air. Okay. And now you can get, you got to know where, how much air goes in it. You just open the driver's side door, look right there on the doorpost. It tells you how much air goes in it. Okay. Okay. So I can do it that way. Right. All right. Well, I will get that checked out. I will not let it just keep going on. It, it you, you get used to it. It's like white noise when you see the light every day. That's right. <laughs> yeah, just ignore the problem. It'll go away eventually. Well, you know, it says like just throwing something at it. And there was a commercial on TV where they were throwing something under the hood. And yeah. it's like it's going to go away. No, it's not going away. It's going to get worse. Right. It is going to get worse. So we're going to get into some more dashboard warning light talk. But let's go to Walker. He's on Highway 51 between Winona and Grenada. He's got a car concern. I'm hoping he's not stuck right there, but Walker, you're on with Coach Charlie. Good morning, Coach Charlie. Uh, excellent timing. I've just arrived at uh, my destination, which is the uh, Grenada Hospital. No emergency, but uh, oh, thank you. my question has to do with uh, a warning light that came on three months ago on my 2020 Buick Encore that the book said was a uh, um, uh, an environmental um, monitor problem. I stopped by my mechanic in Winona, and they did a diagnostic on it and erased it, of course, uh, and they said it had something to do with the valves. So then I went to the dealership where I bought it in uh, Grenada, and they said they couldn't read it because it had been erased, uh, and uh, the light was gone. Uh, it's come on once since then, but gone off by itself, and I suspect that it's a glitch rather than an actual uh, warning that something is wrong, uh, but uh, would like to know. Usually what happens, and let me tell you about can't read the uh, sensors, most of those codes will have a history code in the computer. Okay, you have to have the right to computer to be able to read those history codes. Even though you erased them sometime, you can go back and you'd have to go back to mode 6 or mode 8 that's in the computer. You wouldn't know what that is in the scan tool. But they could pull those history codes up because that's really what uh, dealers do when they buy vehicles and stuff like that. They want to see what kind of history codes have been in there and how many how many times it's been erased. Because, first of all, that code will say when the last time it was in there as a erasing those codes. 
But what I think you may have, and if it talks about the vials, if it's just not since it came on one time, you do have a actuator on top of the engine. You got two of them on the, if according if it's a four cylinder or a six cylinder, you'll have two of them. And what that does, it does actuate a valve. It's called v, VVT uh, solenoid, and that does change the way the valves are opening and closing as of how much and how long they're open. And now that may be what he's, they're talking about when they say the vowels, uh, because the vowels themselves are not moving as of changing. It has to be something electrical making it change, because really the scan tool can only read electrical pulses. Well, it's actually come on twice, but gone off the first time because it was erased, and the, and the uh, uh, people at the place where I bought it, the, the dealership where I bought it, could not read the history of it or they couldn't find it so they didn't know what to do they said when it comes on again come back in the next time it came back on i was on my way to memphis and back and it came on and went off without doing anything they still couldn't read it and i've now passed my uh, uh warranty on it but they said bring it back in when it goes on again and you can make it to the dealership uh, but it hadn't happened so again i'm thinking it's just sort of a, a gremlin in the system that uh, is just reminding me that the machines are taking over and they're going to be in charge, and they'll confuse us as often as mm-hmm. they. That's uh, right, Walker. It could be a, it could be a <laughs> software glitch, and but like I say, if it comes back on, take it to the dealer. It should still be there, old. Uh, even if it comes on and goes off, you know, uh, usually a check engine light like that. If it's a soft code or a hard code, according what kind of damage it may do, and that's why they may not be able to read it. Well, okay. If it comes on and I'm close to the dealership, I'll pop, pop it in and see what they'll do. Thank you very right. much. Thank you so much. Thank you, Walker. Those dashboard gremlin lights. All the time. <laughs> if you put water on it, they just multiply. That's right. <laughs> Don't feed them after midnight. Don't feed them after midnight or anything else like that. Well, what, what's some of the other ones you want to talk about, Coach? You know, I was thinking, have you ever got into your vehicle and you was in a hurry and then a... Everything's running fine, and all of a sudden, when those lights come on, and now you're anxious, you don't know what you're doing, yep. you're, you're want to know, do I need to pull it over? Do I need to take it to the dealer? Do I need to take my blood pressure med? That's right. <laughs> well, when you think about warning lights, the first thing we're going to talk about is that check engine light. That check engine light is one of your main lights. That check, in, check engine light is for environmental. It is for light. It tells you if the vehicle really is not running correctly for pollution. Okay. Okay. It's going to tell you if a cylinder is missing, like number one cylinder may be missing. And then when I say missing, it's still in the car, but it's, <laughs> it's not firing it's correctly. Okay. Right. That's, that's the word. It's not firing correctly. Right. And that means that you're going to have more exhaust, a different type of exhaust coming out of the exhaust pipe. Cat converter may come on. Now, what happens is that when people go in there and that check engine light's on, maybe they go to AutoZone or Advance or somewhere that can read it, mm-hmm. and it throws up a whole bunch of codes. Right. Okay, well, all of those codes are related to one code. You know, and the parts dealer is going to say, well, you need this, you need this, you need this. Well, no, I wouldn't do that because all you're doing is changing parts because one code can make a lot of different codes come on. Yeah. And so that check engine light will come on. If it's flashing, that's one thing about check engine lights. If it's flashing, you need to get something taken care of because now you could damage the engine if it's flashing. Okay. But if it's just stuck on steady. steady and staying on, there's something wrong with the car, but you have time to get it fixed. 
Okay. And quick question about the flashing versus the steady. Is this something that's universal? Will most lights flash versus steady? Or is this like a make or a model? It's most vehicles. Okay, it's most vehicles. Okay, it's supposed okay. to the check engine light. Okay. okay. Uh, ABS light. Okay. ABS light comes on and a lot of cars out there, it comes on and people never get anything done to it. Okay. The ABS light, as you were saying this morning, it works in conjunction with the traction control. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I always uh, relate the ABS light to when you were driving in snow, when you were young, your parents told you to pump the brakes, don't step on them hard. Yeah. Well, really, the ABS does that for you. Okay. If, it, if it's in a situation and it notices that the uh, wheels are spinning, it will pump those brakes for you. And that's the anti-lock brake system right. light. Mm-hmm. Okay. The ABS light. Okay, and does that is that the same light as the brake warning light? Well, the brake warning light may be two different things. For a brake warning light could be telling you that your brake pads are close to being replaced because on a lot of these newer cars they have sensors, especially some of the sports cars like Mercedes and uh, Lexus and uh, BMWs. They mm-hmm. have sensors on the brakes, and what happens that metal starts touching the rotor and it sends a light to the computer uh, sensors to the computer and then it comes up on the dash okay okay now you do have a brake light that shows you that your brake fluid may be low okay okay and it's usually yellow okay and does it sometimes come on doesn't it come on when you pull like your your brake your emergency brake up okay that's your emergency brake light okay, okay. too many lights it, coach it has a symbol too <laughs> okay so your emergency brake light is when you pull the emergency brake so you have one let's go back to it you have one for the abs that's braking right you have one for the brakes themselves if it has a sensor for the pads okay okay then you have one for low brake fluid Okay, that's where the brake fluid goes in the master cylinder. Okay. And then you have one for the emergency brake. Then you have another one that says your emergency brake is on hold if it's electric. Okay, yeah. that means that it's electric emergency brake and you have not pushed the button. Okay. So now there's five different lights dealing with the brakes. It's it's something it's something to get into. I'm telling you, these dashboard warning lights are something to get into because you think it's the one light, that light, and then all of the lights are popped up. Right. And like I say, one code in that vehicle can make a lot of lights come on the dash. Okay. You know, especially traction control. You may have traction control, ABS light, and check engine light all at one time. Okay. Okay. You know, and it could just be a wheel, sensor, a wheel sensor for the ABS. Okay. If you've got a question, send your emails to auto at mpbonline.org. We're talking about dashboard warning lights. Is your car under recall? I'll tell you how you can find out next. You're listening to AutoCorrect with Coach Charlie Melton. I'm Jermaine Flood. If you want even more AutoCorrect, find our podcast on all podcast platforms for your smart device. AutoCorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturdays at 11 a.m. Here are some quick, I'm going to go through them quick because our phone lines are blowing up, Coach. People have warning light issues Well, let's talk today. about them. <laughs> so right now, though, in recall news, Hyundai's latest recall is out for a fire risk that affects nearly 91,000 cars. Um, but while most of the vehicles affected are the erstwhile Genesis sedan, most of the nameplates affected are from the Genesis luxury brand Hyundai, spun off as a separate entity in 2015. So 
Aside from the model year 2015-2016 Hyundai Genesis sedans, effective Genesis brand um, sedans include model year 2017 to 2019 G80s, G90s, and model year 2019 G70s. The fire risk stems from water damage. Water may enter the starter solenoid and cause an electrical short, which can result in engine compartment fire while parked or driving. An engine compartment fire can increase the risk of an injury. Did I say that right, Coach? Solenoid? Solenoid. Solenoid. Okay. Dealers will install a remedy relay kit in the engine junction box for free to resolve the issue, but until they do, owners are advised to park outside and away from structures until that repair is complete. Um, for more information, you can contact a dealer. The next one up, <clears throat> Jeep parent automaker Stellantis is re- recalling more than 199,000 examples of the brand's Wrangler 4XE and Grand Cherokee 4XE plug-in hybrid SUVs for software issues that could disable the windshield defrost system. Those include model year 2021 to 24 Wrangler 4XEs and model year 2022 to 24 Grand Cherokee 4XEs. Some vehicles may have been built with incorrectly program hybrid control processor software which could disable the windshield defrost system under certain conditions. A defective windshield defrosting and defogging system can reduce visibility and increase the risk of a crash. Dealers are updating the processor software for free and for more information, contact them. And then finally, Ford is recalling more than 77,500 of its Expedition SUVs as well as the equivalent Navigator SUV from its Lincoln Luxury sub-brand for defective seatbelt pretensioners in the front seats. These include model year 2018 to 2020 expeditions and navigators. That seatbelt pretensioner tightens slack in the seatbelt in case of a crash, reducing how much an occupant is thrown forward. In the effective vehicles, the pretensioners may inadvertently deploy and lock the seatbelt, preventing it from retracting or extending, and this can result in injury during the event of a crash. As a warning of the defect, the automaker says the airbag malfunction light will illuminate on the instrument cluster before the inadvertent deployment. I don't know how quickly that's going to happen after that light hits. I'm just telling you, you can't get out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> brace yourself. That's, right. <laughs> That's the brace yourself. Hold light. on. Right. Hold on. Um, they are replacing them as necessary for free. And then for more information, um, you can contact the dealer. You can find out if your car is a past recall by going to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration's website, nhtsa.gov forward slash recalls and inputting your VIN number. We're talking about dashboard warning lights. We're also taking your vehicle repair questions. Our email address is auto at mpbonline.org. Let's hit up Kevin in Oxford. Kevin has a question about a check engine light. Kevin, you are on with Coach Charlie. Thanks for taking my call. I have a 2006 Toyota Sienna, uh, and it's given me no trouble over the years. I've replaced the starter and the radiator, normal wear and tear. Now, I still drive it every day to take my kids to school. Now, one day I was driving it, and I parked in school. Car still cranked. And when I get back in the car, I notice the traction control lights, the vehicle stability control lights are on. So the track and the VS. Uh-oh. Dog on it. Okay, let me tell you about on. If you're talking about the traction control and the VSS light came on, really what that is, that's called the vehicle stable uh, stabilization control system, and they work together. And really, most likely it's going to be a speed sensor, and because those speed sensors go out just randomly, and those are usually 
you know, they're not very hard to replace. It's just uh, sensors that you take the brake off and they go in there. But that's not really hard. But that does come on a lot of vehicles, especially older vehicles, especially if the uh, wire got cracked or something, grabbed the wire or something like that. So that's the reason why your ABS light and traction control light came on. Okay. Now, Kevin, listen, if there was a if there was a second half to that, call us back. We'll put you back on. Because we got part of it. Because we did get part of it. And he did help explain right. that. So if you need more, give us a call back. We'll put you back on. Let's go to Ann. Ann is in Maine. Her engine light came on and she has concerns. Ann, you're on with Coach Charlie. Hi, good morning. Good, good morning. morning. So recently I was driving. It's a Chevy Impala 2017. And I noticed, well, not while I was driving, when I started the car. And the EVAP light is what they uh, detected it was. It's an engine light that they said it's because of EVAP. But what happened was when it was cold, I was trying to automatically start the engine one morning. And um, I, I hit it twice. And I couldn't hear it, so I just stopped. And after I, after I started the car that morning, the engine light was on, and the dealer said it's an EVAP light. So I don't know if it happened because I tried to start the car remotely or what kicked it on. Was it the cold weather? But that's where I'm at, and I'm trying to figure out what to do. Okay, let me explain. First of all, you had nothing to do with it. The EVAMP light came on on its own. What the EVAMP light is, it's a mission control light. And what happens that you have a charcoal canister down there that takes all the emissions from the fumes of the gas, the fuel tank. We used to let them out in the air. I don't know if you noticed before, uh, little gas caps would have little holes in them and they would vent the gas tank, but they no longer do that now. And so we have an EVAMP system. So the fumes come from the tank to the Vapor canister, the vapors uh, at a certain time as you're driving down the highway, a vial, a solenoid opens, lets clean air come through there, and it goes directly into your engine. Okay. Now, if that vial is stuck open, that EVAMP light's going to come on. If the uh, if you're having trouble putting fuel in your gas tank, you know, it's supposed to usually fill up pretty quick, but if it's slow going in, something's wrong with the EVAMP system. So it's really nothing that you did, especially Chevrolet had a problem with the charcoal canister coming apart and beads would get stuck in the lines and clog up the EVAMP system. Mm. So that's probably what they're going to look at. Okay, okay. All right, so okay, he did say I didn't have to park it. I can continue to drive it lightly until I can get it to a dealership. Well, you know, a lot of people just continue to drive it uh, all the time because, like I say, it's not hurting the vehicle whatsoever. Every now and then you may get a code that says you're uh, you're running rich or lean according to what's the level, but it sounds like it may even be the switch on top of the fuel tank. So it's just that's going to have something to do with the vapors coming from the gas tank going into the engine, but you're okay. Just get it to a service center as soon as possible. All right. Thank you, guys. You're so Thank welcome. you, Ann, for your call. Let's go to Eva in Hattiesburg. There is a question about a tire monitor light. Tire monitor light. Try to say that three times fast. Eva, you're on with Coach Charlie. <laughs> I just call it TPS. You're right. <laughs> Eva, you're there? Yes, I'm here. Okay, you're on with Coach Charlie. What's your question? Oh, okay, okay. I got out of my car. Okay, I uh, had my tire monitor light come on, and it usually tell me what tire that I need the PSI in, but that didn't come on this time. So I went back, and I had a warranty on my balancing and uh, rotating my tires when I had them put on last year or two. 
And so I went to, you know, to have them to do that. And I'm sure they put the proper amount of air in there. But my light is still on. Okay, so that light. So do I need to go to the dealer? Do I need to go to the dealer and have them? Do the sensor or something like that? Well, not necessarily because you got a spare tire. I would go ahead and check that spare tire because it has a tire pressure switch in it as well. Most of them do. And it it monitors all five of those tires, not just four. It monitors all five of those tires. So what I would do is find the spare, have them uh, check out the spare, check and see how much air is in it. Now, what happens is that the... Weather with the weather changing from hot to cold, the air pressure changes in those tires as well, even up to three or four uh, pounds per square inch. So uh, you need to check the spare tire, and you may even have a low tire and it's just not showing it. So that's what I would do. Uh, just go back, let them check the spare tire, let them check your tires. Because if not, then you just need to change a uh, sensor. Okay, that sounds about right. All right. Okay, I do. I do that. I do both of those things. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you, All Eva. Right, thank, you. thank you. All right. Bye bye. Bye bye. Our email address where you can send questions is auto at mpbonline.org. We're taking your questions and we're talking about dashboard warning lights all day today. That's, That's right. what today is. And everybody has that issue on a daily basis. Daily basis. Great topic, coach, for us to have today. Um, what's in the news? GM says it's dropping Apple CarPlay and Android Auto because they're unsafe. I'll tell you more next. Thank you for listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Coach Charlie Melton, retired instructor for Clinton High School's tech program, is our expert host. I'm Jermaine Flood. AutoCorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturdays at 11 a.m. In the news, GM says it's dropping Apple CarPlay and Android Auto because they're unsafe, and the company thinks that the phone mirroring programs are so buggy that they still cause people to use their phones while driving. Now, they are still dealing with the fallout of its decision to drop these Apple CarPlay and Android Auto in favor of developing its own in-house system. And in the last eight months, the company has had to deal with skeptical dealers while still maintaining its in-house system will be compelling. And since neither of those options have really changed the public opinion so far, GM is now claiming that Apple CarPlay and Android Auto actually cause safety issues. Now, speaking to Motor Trend, GM's head of product for Infotech Tim Babbitt explained that GM's decision and the logic are behind safety concerns. And simply put, GM um, and Babbitt think Apple CarPlay and Android Auto encourage cell phone use behind <coughs> the wheel. Um, they have stability issues that manifest themselves as bad connections, poor rendering, slow responses, and drop connections. And when CarPlay and Android Auto have issues, drivers pick up their phones again, taking their eyes off the road and totally defeating the purpose of these phone mirroring programs. So solving the issues can sometimes be beyond the control of the automaker. Um, so it's it's all wrapped up literally in you touching your phone. But I don't think anything is fail proof, even if they did come up with another system i got a 2024 f-150 i had the same problem i punch at the button to cut the phone on or i talk in it it wants to give me i, I say at it tells me at&t it tells me i call somebody else it says somebody else okay mm-hmm. well, i don't want to use my phone i want to use the vehicle but every manufacturer has that problem 
Yeah. Because slow response, drop calls, or you're trying to read a text or something. Next thing you know, you're picking your phone up because it didn't work on your vehicle. Yeah. So I think everybody has that problem. Once again, you're saying it's software problems. It's uh, just the... I would say the day that we live in, yeah. that you're going to have to do updates and updates. And just like, you know, at and not working on some phones right now, it's the same thing. Yeah. I think the biggest thing is just to stop people from long form texting while driving. That's my biggest thing that I find that nobody wants to move from the light because they're doing a um, a dissertation to somebody that they're... Right. <laughs> Needing the contact. Um, if they could get that out the way. But I don't think a lot of people are using like their voice text to voice. I don't think they're using that. I don't that, think a like lot. That. They, they, most time they or just voice say, to text. I'm saying it backwards. But say they may just use it just saying K or reply. You know, a lot of times I know my wife, it's in my wife's car and she just, she don't usually reply unless she just says just one word. Yeah. You know, it's not like you're saying not a, I'm not writing a whole letter out to you. To right. Read. Right. When I get a text message, I'd be like, I am not dying today. Just wait till I get to a light. Right. Because I'm not about to reply to you right now. Not via text. Now, now, if I call you, answer the phone. But on the phone, <laughs> on the on the vehicles, you can just tell it uh, if the text comes up, it'll read the text to you, and you can reply right there. Okay, without even picking your phone up. Okay. Well, GM and Chevy wanted to reach out uh, with a statement regarding their position because of all the what's been going down with this Apple CarPlay and. Android Auto, but they said while it values Apple and Google's position within car infotainment, their reasoning um, is for greater integration. That's right. So if you need a link to that story, I'll have that in our show's podcast description. But today we're talking about dashboard warning lights. Email your questions to auto at mpbonline.org. Let's go to Carrie in Jackson. She's got a low tire pressure light question. Carrie, you're on with Coach Charlie. Carrie, you there? Hi, yes. Uh, I guess it's kind of crept up on me. Thank you. That's okay. Um, <laughs> uh, so I have a I have a light coming on on my Honda. It's a low pressure light. Uh, it's a 2012 Accord SE. Um, it's always the low pressure problem is always in the back right tire. I've changed the tires multiple times, and always and only that back right tire. Is there something that could be going on besides the tire itself? It's going to be that uh, sensor inside that tire. Let me explain how these sensors work. They have batteries in them. Okay, you can't replace the battery. They're only good for about three or four years. Uh, that sensor battery is, and usually when that battery goes out, you might as well just think about replacing all four or all five of those sensors. Okay, sensors run anywhere from thirty dollars to one hundred and twenty dollars a piece. It's according to what type of vehicle it's on and where you get it done. What they'll do, they'll break the tire down. It's just like putting a valve stem in a tire. But it's just a little bit different because it's uh, bolted into the rim. So that is what's going. You probably have a bad uh, sensor back in that right tire or whatever tire it may be. Okay, so that would cause because you know when I check, I'm actually seeing a slow leak always. Yeah, no matter that, how many times that, I tire. that just shows you that that sensor is bad because you're not really. If you keep putting that air in, if you're not having to put no air in it, that sensor is reading wrong. Okay. All right. Thank you. That's great information. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Carrie, for giving us a call. Abram, ask Coach that question you had asked on the break. <laughs> All right. So we kind of already talked it out a little bit, so I kind of know the answer okay. now. 
but to get a little bit more in depth, uh, so my uh, controls on the dashboard have stopped working, or they don't they haven't completely stopped working, but they stop working once in a while. Um, so the volume control for my stereo and the stereo uh, that's on the steering wheel and the stereo controls that are in front of me, like in the center in front of the console, those all stop working. It's just the buttons that stop working, though, so I can still control the volume with the dial, the little wheel. I can still control the volume with that, and I can scroll through songs and whatever uh, with the, the other wheel, but all the buttons quit working once in a while. Mm. Once, you, once you come up to where it works, where there's an intermittent problem, and intermittent problems are so hard to locate, but what I would do first is... If you can control with some things and can't control with the others, first of all, I would check and make sure there's not a wire loose where it plugs into the back. Make sure that those wires, uh, a lot of times you just get up on the dash and just shake them a little bit and see if that problem uh, reoccurs. You know, that's a lot of times when you're trying to find an intermittent problem, you need to start first look and then shake the wires a little bit. Don't really pull on them because, you know, they're in connectors and you don't want to pull the wires out of the connectors. Just shake them. And then if that's not the problem, then you got to go to this module itself. Okay, because it'll be the module. I'll give you a good example. I have the same thing with a radio that's in my toolbox. Okay, when it rains and when it, uh, it's cold, that radio ain't going to work. <laughs> At least you know when. It ain't going to yeah. work. Okay, yeah. but when it gets hot, that radio is going to come back on. It may work for six months. <laughs> I, I've noticed that because like it only started during the colder months. Um, and then it, most of the time it's the first thing in the morning yeah, it's when probably, it's messed up. It's probably going to be the radio itself. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So if I if I'm finding these wires on a 2014 Camry, where am I where am I looking for them at? Right behind the wherever the problem is. Okay. It's gonna plug in right where the problem is. Okay. So I'm gonna take apart my whole car and then find where it is. Jiggling wires. Well, you can really just well, like say you can lay under the dash and you can see the wires up under there. Okay. Just really don't you don't have to take anything loose. Just stick your hand up there and shake wires and see. Yeah, there's a hole back there. Yeah. It's yeah. not solid, I think. Yeah, you, right. can get, you can get under there and just shake a few things. <laughs> okay, so so my wife's gonna come home and see me laying on on like my uh-huh. my floorboard, and uh-huh. then she's gonna be like, "Well, uh-huh. at least he's working on." And something. your hand is gonna be stuck. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sometimes you have to be a contortionist in order to get up underneath those dashes. One hand behind you, one hand in front of you, one hand beside your head's all cocked. Coach has got the form. It's hard sometimes. Coach has got the form. Coach, let's tap on a little bit more of the dashboard warning lights, the most common ones. We need to be worried about uh, several lights. Uh, first of all, we want to make sure the oil light is working. You know, a lot of people say, well, I'm driving down the road, my oil light comes on and my vehicle starts tapping. Well, that's telling you got low oil pressure. That's why their oil light comes on. But there's sometimes where that oil light comes on and you don't have low pressure. Mm-hmm. What it is, because the oil light runs off of a sensor on the engine and that sensor usually goes bad. Right. Not the oil itself. But you want to make sure that when that red light comes on, says no oil, you need to check that. Okay. Make sure. Then you got your voltage light, okay? Your voltage light is for your alternator and your battery. Sometimes it's a battery light. Sometimes it's a voltage light. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to make sure that's working because maybe your battery's going bad and you don't know it. Your alternator's going bad. You want to check that. Mm-hmm. Then your temperature light. You want to make sure that you know that your temperature light, when it comes on, that that temperature... What that is, that your temperature of the engine is rising and that you could 
burn the engine up because it's getting too hot. Okay. So you want to make sure there. Then there's a transmission temperature as well on most vehicles now. You want to make sure you keep an eye on it because temperatures is what destroys uh, mm-hmm. the engine, what destroys the transmission, what destroys the charging system is temperature. And your radio. And your radio. <laughs> Uh, Abrams radio, no. <laughs> coolant. You want to make sure that coolant light, uh, check it and make sure, because once again, that coolant uh-huh. light comes on, it turns red, uh-huh. and you burn the engine up. Right. Brake light, as you talked about earlier, make sure that if a brake light comes on, if it's red or it's yellow, it doesn't really matter, make sure you check it out. Okay. So those are your most common lights that you need to be aware of as you're driving that vehicle. And here's a tip. And the good thing is my manual told me this. So when I start up my car, all those bad boys come on. Every light. And they cycle through and you're like, oh, what's happening? But they say, calm down. The system <laughs> is checked every time you cut the key on. That means it checks every part of the vehicle, all the electrical, all that's checked. And then all the lights are supposed to go off. Okay. If a light stays on, then you have a problem. Okay. All right. We're discussing dashboard warning lights and taking your repair questions. Send an email to auto at mpbonline.org. We've got a new car review from Casey Williams coming up in Coach's Tip of the Week. This is AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Here's a new car review from Casey Williams. It's Auto Casey on AutoCorrect. Chevrolet has had a sordid history with its entry-level cars, but the vehicle we have this week might be its best ever. It's the 2024 Chevy Trax RS. In truth, Chevrolet doesn't even make compact cars anymore. The Trax is a crossover, but it looks pretty sporty anyway with its black chrome grille, squinty headlamps, has an 18-inch alloy wheels, and black trim. I like it a lot. Inside, the sport continues with red trim. It's got the nice, thick, leather-wrapped steering wheel. Steering wheel is heated. It's got heated seats, and it's got the twin screen arrangement for drivers and for infotainment. Almost looks like a Corvette. Of course, with wireless connectivity for all the devices. Under the hood, a turbocharged 1.2-liter three-cylinder engine, delivers 137 horsepower, 162 pound-feet of torque, pretty peppy, and you still get a nice 28 miles per gallon in the city, 32 on the highway. So the thing I think you're going to like the best is the price. The track starts about $21,500. The RS, with everything on it, including all the safety equipment, $27,080. See the full video on his YouTube channel, Auto Casey, and listen to AutoCorrect on the MPB Think Radio YouTube channel. This is AutoCorrect. If you've missed any of our program, listen to the whole show from autocorrect.mpbonline.org. AutoCorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with the replay Saturdays at 11 a.m. And after the show today at 11 a.m., it's Southern Ribbony Kids and Teens with Dr. Morgan McLeod. I'm Jermaine Flood. Our expert is Coach Charlie Melton, ASC Certified Master Technician, and it's time for his tip of the week. You know, as we're talking about all these uh, dash lights and warning lights and all these different lights on the vehicle, you need to go to your owner's manual. They have all of those lights on it, and it may not be to your particular model, but they will show you all that goes on your model and other vehicles as well. So check your owner's manual. Know what those lights are. You know, I had a little thing when my grandson had to come show me what one of them meant the other day because I couldn't fi- find it where it was. <laughs> he didn't show you yeah. something you didn't know, Coach. Well, hey, that new technology he has out there, he knew it. <laughs> but check the owner's manual. Make sure you read it and know what those warning lights are. Okay, make sure you do that. We've got our final three calls in the queue. We're going to go to Bob first in Hattiesburg. He's got a question about a car. Bob, you're on with the perfect person, Coach Charlie. All right, thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. All right, Coach, this is a question. You know, you always hear about when people are changing out their car battery, truck, whatever. 
the computer sometimes lose all their uh, pre-settings, and uh, it goes back to factory settings and that kind of stuff. Uh, let me ask you this. What if you took a good battery and put some jumper cables on it to your uh, car terminals before you take it loose from your existing battery? Would they keep you from losing all your uh, pre-settings? Well, I hate to tell you, I've done that many times. I didn't have a battery saver, and I've done that many times. Yes, it will keep everything running in your vehicle, but you just got to be careful because you're taking the positive and negative off the vehicle, and you want to. You just got to be careful not to let them touch and not to touch any metal. So it does work, but you got to be careful. Uh, yeah, you burn out your computer. Right. But right. the thing about it is, Art, right, you would take your positive. Or you take your ground and hook it to a ground on the on the car instead of the ground terminal on the battery, and well, then to the positive. Is that right? Well, that's if you're jumping off a vehicle. What I do, you got it. I hook it straight to the negative wire and straight to the positive cable. I do it to both of them. You know, I don't even go to the frame because that's if you had a dead battery. Really, all you're doing, you could even take a 9-volt battery, you know, the old flashlight batteries, and do the same thing. Just stick it on your terminals right behind where the metal is uh, when you take them off, and it'll do the same thing. All you're doing is trying to keep that little bit of voltage there to save that information so it doesn't have to relearn. A little small 9-volt battery would be enough to keep it uh, in, in communication. Yes, sir. All right. You're wonderful. You and your, uh, your announcer there. <laughs> oh, thank oh, thank you, Bob. you so much, Bob. You are wonderful, right. too. Thanks, Bob, right, for thanks. your call, Bob. Thank you. Bob, right, Bob. Let's go to Alan and Pearl. He's got a question about smell coming from his AC. Alan, you're on with Coach Charlie. All right. Thank you all for taking my call. Um, Coach, um, I've got this new 2023 Tacoma, and um, – you know, when you go from heater to air, kind of like in your house, you get, you know, and, and the smell is getting to where it's pretty bad. And I've checked the um, um, cabin air filter. It's fine. And I don't eat or drink in my vehicle. So, you know, I don't know. you, you have any suggestions? What year is it? 2023. Okay, let me tell you that I had the exact same thing with my wife's Honda. Matter of fact, I couldn't even ride in her vehicle for six months because what happened, it had this smell every time you cut the uh, vehicle on, it smelled like plastic or some kind of chemical, okay, in that vehicle. And what it was, uh, they built these vehicles so quick and they were just, you know, during the uh, pandemic, you had to order the vehicle and all this and they didn't let the chemicals or the cure before they sent the vehicles out so that's what i would be looking for if i was you because that's the same thing i thought that something was wrong with the vehicle but it ended up being where it wasn't cured and it went away mm. oh okay so yeah the smell is kind of like um the same kind of smells you have but like when you're home ac and heat and there's transferring right and i can say it yeah. could be a chemical reaction or something yes sir yeah, okay. All right. And mm-hmm. another thing, um, here a while back when it was raining so bad, we was out at Flowood, and I had a, a warning light come on, and, and I forgot now which one it was, but then after I stopped, um, it went off. But we were we were going through a lot of water, uh, not, you know, not flooding or anything, just a lot of water on the road, and 
And um, that kind of concerned me, but it it, ha- it hasn't come back on since. It was so, probably the one where it was slippery when wet. It has a little, yes. uh, that's what it was, that's, and that's, you probably hydroplaned a little bit, and it came on. All right. All right, Alan. Right, well, thank you all. You're so thank welcome. you. Wesley, I see you out there in Brookhaven. You had a question about tire pressure light. If you would like to give us a call back next week at one eight seven seven mpb ring you can. Or you can send an email to us at auto at mpbonline.org. But you know Coach wanted to hear your question, Wesley. That'll wrap us up for today's AutoCorrect. Our show engineer, Abram Nanny, call screener Jordan Pleasant. He is really, really pleasant guy. For Coach Charlie Melton, master technician. I'm Jermaine Flood. Thanks for listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.